Jason Santamaria joined us this week to talk about his life and heritage. From Cuba to living in Puerto Rico to the mainland, Jason has always had food in his life growing up within the restaurant industry, and it helped him mold into what he wanted to do. Without really knowing how to do so, Jason began his career going to Georgia Tech and began working during the week and brewing on the weekends for friends and family. It's how his persona of having a second self came to fruition. Celebrating his eighth year open with us, he talks about the changes of Georgia law since opening and his want to get into more beverage categories, including RTDs, CBD drinks, and more. Join us for a lesson in always looking forward while still learning from your past. Whether your beer is in a bottle, can, or glass, kick back and relax. It's Better on Draft. Welcome, everybody. This is episode 302 of the Better on Draft podcast. My name is Ken. Thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate it. Go check us live on Facebook and Twitch at 7 p.m. Eastern Friday nights. We are always live. You can join us in the chat. That's facebook.com forward slash better on draft, twitch.tv forward slash bod podcast. Uh, once again, my name is Ken. I am drinking uh, from Second Self, the Mole Porter. Dan, what do you got? I have actually got a Partake Red. Dan going hard tonight. Nick, can you make up for him? What are you drinking? I, I, I can a little bit. I am drinking the Thai wheat from Second Self. And Wendy. I have got the Game Night Hazy IPA. And uh, just to make sure that I'm okay, on deck I also have the El Valorio, which is... I can't read now. Um, an Imperial Porter, which is actually really delicious. I did see the Imperial Porter, but since we were doing a double interview night, I did not want to uh, um, get completely sloshed. But our guest in our studio tonight, Jason from Second Self, uh, why don't you introduce yourself? Tell us uh, who you are, what you do, and uh, where you work. Yeah, so thanks so much for having me tonight. I really do appreciate it. I am Jason Santa Maria. I'm the co-founder. Uh, president of Second Self Beer Company. We are uh, a little brewery out in Atlanta, Georgia, right kind of in West Midtown area for those who are familiar with our lovely city. And what are you drinking? Uh, I'm going a little bougie tonight. So tomorrow is Zwanza Day. Uh, so I, I opened up uh, Cantillon Goose, uh, which is one of my favorites. Um, so yeah, I thought it'd be a good reason to celebrate talking to everyone on this lovely podcast. Well, we appreciate you taking the time out of your uh, your evening to join us and talk about the brewery itself. Uh, you guys have been around for a while. When did you guys originally open? Yeah, so today is actually our eighth anniversary. Um, uh, you know, so th- it's been it's been quite a ride. Uh, you know, we we celebrate our anniversary now in the spring, just because it's it's more fun to celebrate in the spring. But we did launch uh, September twenty third, twenty fourteen. Perfect timing for those of you listening. Yeah. Obviously, we're going to be posting oh, this episode true. on the twenty sixth. Uh, but yes, the twenty third is when we are recording Friday night, seven p.m. Eastern on Facebook and Twitch. Got to keep plugging in. And of course, if you're watching or listening to us on podcast, go check out the video over at youtube.com forward slash Better on Draft. Uh, what was the reasoning? Why, why did you want to start a brewery? Yeah, I mean, it, it goes pretty far back. So I, I grew up. Um, 
uh, my family immigrated from Cuba, had restaurants. So I was kind of a, the restaurant kid um, running around my grandfather's restaurant. So I, I, it's kind of in my blood being in, in restaurant and foods. Um, when I went to college, I paid for college through a catering company I had. So I kind of had an entrepreneurial vibe there too. So, um, and then, you know, it, like most people, I discovered beer in college. Um, it was a very transformative experience. I, I used to think all beer was just yellow beer. Uh, and it's a fun story because we used to play trivia on Monday, you know, Simpsons trivia. And we were so good, we'd split up into two teams because we could take first and second. Um, but the rule we had was you had to uh, use your winnings on beer. Couldn't use it for food because that's that's wasteful. So one one week I was there with two people and we couldn't drink that much Natty Light. So um, we asked, like, barkeep, give us your most expensive beers. And they were Sam Smith uh, oatmeal stouts. And that, like, that's the beer that changed my life. So um, I was like, wow, beer is delicious. Beer is very different than I know. Uh, so that set me on a journey like a lot of people and discovering what beer could be. And then I wanted to kind of merge these passions of food and and beer. And so brewing was the next evolution to that. And then that's kind of where, where it's got me into home brewing. And then, you know, the, the, the name is kind of the next part. So I was a consultant. I traveled the U.S. On, the, on weekends, I would make beer and food for my friends. And the joke was it was my kind of alter ego or my second self, which is where the name comes from. It's an uh, awesome story because, uh, you know, having almost like two different lives, like you have your, your corporate life and then your personal life, but your personal life, uh, you still went around wanting to, you know, please people, which is typical within the industry, you know, the food, right. food and beverage industry, um, you love uh, enjoying or making sure everyone else around you is happy. Uh, this beer right here. So I've got your, your mole porter. Um, talk to me a little bit because when I see mole, I see pepper, I get scared. Um, yeah. I'm not getting any heat from this. Um, not even really any back end heat. Uh, what am I tasting and, uh, explain why, uh, some beers may be, you know, extremely spicy and hot. Whereas some beers like this is just completely mellow. Yeah, so the that recipe for mole actually comes from my childhood. So around Christmas, I would we'd make mole sauce. Um, looking back, it's probably because you know my parents had free labor because it takes an entire day to make mole. Um, but we'd make a huge pot of it like after Christmas and and like freeze it and use it throughout the year. So it's it's really my family's recipe um, that I deconstructed and put into beer. So there's three different chilies in there. We're using. Um, Pasea, ancho, and guajillo chilies. Um, we use cinnamon and clove as well. Um, it's a chocolate porter, so there's there's some cocoa in there and some chocolate malt to give the chocolate base. But you reason you talk about heat. I mean, the most of the heat comes from um, the chili, the, the seeds. So we actually de-seed our our chili. So we we will, you know, take five pounds, yeah, five pounds of chilies and literally pull the seeds out of all of those dried chilies. And that's a lot of chilies. Uh, so it's a labor of love. We love this beer. It's, we are, we always say like uh, mole is better than pumpkin spice around this time of year. So it's our, it's our big, uh, I see some nods. So I appreciate that. <laughs> True story. 
when you guys first started the business, uh, Georgia had some very uh, arcane laws regarding tap rooms. Um, were you able to sell inside a tap room? Did you have to sell a tour? How was business prior to the the change of like the two? I think it's twenty seventeen law change. Yeah, so 2017, everything changed. So before that, we you could not sell beer to a person. Um, you could sell um, something else and give away free beer. Um, so we would either sell a tour and you get free beer, or you can sell a, a glass and get free beer. That's kind of the workarounds. But you can only give up, only give away up to 36 ounces of beer per person per day. How did did Georgia? Obviously, you're you're selling. You're well. You're not selling beer, but you're selling beer. How did Georgia? <laughs> you know, l- liquor regulations. Did they just turn the other eye? Like, yeah, this is stupid. We're not going to do anything about it. Or uh, did people get in trouble for incorrectly selling? Oh no! I mean, they they were audited. They, we had officers would show up and like secret shop and. You know that, that it was a real thing. So we 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 would make sure that we wouldn't give people more than thirty six ounces of product. Um, yeah. Was there certain like <laughs> phrasing that you always had to do? Like here in Michigan, you can't give away free beer, uh, but for us, like we have a. Uh, a competition like a March Madness, a March Draftness, if you will. Um, and the winning brewery, we go, we buy a keg, and we give it away to 140 brand new friends. Because um, you can buy somebody else beer, you just can't buy, you know, give away beer. How, was there, like, phrasing that you had to use, like secret codes that everyone used? Yeah, so it, it, it was part of the – it's very specific. It had to be – you had to have a manufacturing license, so a brewery, not a brew pub. Um they had to be in your facility, so we couldn't do this outside of our building. I mean, parking lot would count, but like I couldn't do this at a, a, a festival or something like that. So it was this very specific exception to the rules, um, and you know, it was a free tasting was included, so because it was educational, and that was the big thing. So we had to be providing um, some kind of learning experience to go with it. So you literally had to walk people around a building and say, this is a tank. This is what a tank does. This is what a mash tun is. And because it, it showed that you were providing an educational experience, you know, it, it, as, as we got closer and closer to 2017, we saw the laws changing that, you know, got a little bit more blurry. It was like, here's a map of the brewery and here's how things happen. Um, you know, it, <laughs> and everyone did it differently. So um, yeah, it, it was, it's kind of like, it, it was a weird, it was a weird time. <laughs> how did you guys do it? Um, so at the time, um, you know, when we first started where we had, uh, like half the, half of the warehouse we have now. So the brewery was literally right next to the tanks. So it was pretty easy just to be like, Hey, we make beer over there. Um, this is how it's done. And, and then, you know, the way we did it was, um, you, you show up, we buy the glass, we give you six, we had like wooden tokens with our logo on it. And so you'd be able to hand in your token and get a, a pour was how we did it. And when the law changed in 2017, was everything done? You could just go business as usual. Like what was your guys' change in procedure? Yeah. So the, we also expanded in 2016 and we kind of saw the writing on the wall. So we, um, we, we, we got the second half of the warehouse that we have now. And then we, we built a, a, a true tasting room and 
assuming that this law was coming, we built it out that way. So lots of taps, um, you know, menu boards and, and, and more of a, uh, you know, what you expect of a brewery now and not just, Hey, there's some tanks in a bar. Let's just let's have some beers. So. Do you see any issues before I pass this off? Because I'm, I'm always curious about out of state laws because Michigan has its own issues. You know, we're, we're still a, a token festival state. So you have to give and sell tokens no matter what. You can't just, you know, have a regular festival. Um, you guys have. I didn't know that. Uh, yeah, yeah, we, we still do. They, they actually rewrote a new law, messed up the writing of the law and nothing changed. Um, so they have to like rewrite the law yet again, um, before, because the, it's not that like the intent of the law was to change it and remove it, but because the new writing of the law didn't change the intent, they're afraid our liquor commission, the MLCC might come in and, you know, knock you, close you. And if you lose your license, I mean, that's, that's game over. That's it. Um, but in Georgia, uh, you guys actually have a max ABV, uh, limit of 14%. Uh, first, is that just for importing beer or is that for even beer that you guys make? Is any beer sold in the state of Georgia? Can you make 14 or 15% beer and sell it in Florida? No, we we can't make fifteen percent beer. Period. Okay, I was just curious yeah. if you could if if you had like some type of you know mishap and your your ABV was a fifteen fifteen and a half if you could pawn it off to a a, a neighboring state that destroys your beer. No, you're, you're supposed to destroy it if that happens. Have you ever had to destroy a beer like you know gotten a little too close to the sun? I mean, yeah, we had a beer that was thirteen point nine 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 percent. I'll just say that. That's a good name for a beer, especially if you yeah. can't be over 14. That'd be a good. Right? <laughs> super, super precise instrument we have here. Uh, I'm going to pass it over to you, Dan. Dan, what's going on? All right. So taking a look, I came across a beer that you have called Vikings of the South. And you mentioned that you resurrected a 500-year-old proprietary yeast mixture. Um, yeah. And there's a good story behind this beer, too. Can you talk to us a little bit about it? Yeah, so we were one of the first breweries in the southeast to use uh, uh, Horn and Dahl Kavik yeast, and that's that's kind of the story of that. So I mean, that that's the, it's it's you see Kavik yeast a lot now, but in 2016 you weren't seeing that anywhere. So I mean, and that that really does come from that. So uh, the, the labs that Omega Labs, that's they they actually did that to to create that yeast. So um, it's a combination of uh, Sacro and and brett yeast to create that pretty unique like it's very stone fruity flavor if you ever had anything with a, a kavik yeast and it's really interesting because it it ferments at a super high temperature too so we are we were fermenting some of our beers at like the vikings of the south we ferment at like 95 degrees which is wow. in, in, in georgia great because you just turn <laughs> off the uh, glycol and just let it go <laughs> <laughs> So you meant you mentioned that your family's from Cuba. Talk to us a little yeah. bit about how that's influenced your style of brewing and the beers you've come up with. Yeah, uh, a lot of it's because it's food. I mean, so I grew up um, cooking and, and eating and, and all, all sorts of things. So, you know, it's um, uh, my family's Cuban, but they had Italian restaurants, and so it, we, <laughs> it's a mix mash to begin with. Um, but I've always just been fascinated in in recipe development. I actually two years ago I, I self-published a, a small uh, Cuban cookbook based on family recipes, and I called it food archaeology because my grandfather never wrote recipes down. 
So I was recreating them based on taste and sensory and then, and then going down to the gram level so you can recreate and scale them up. So I'm like super nerdy when it comes to recipe making. Um, and I think I get that from that. My dad's an engineer as well. So I think that comes combination of those things is, is <laughs> what has led me to where I am. Um, but yeah, just being able to, a lot of, when I look at beer recipes, I, I want to create like thought or, you know, I want to invoke memories. So, you know, mole porter for me is, is being with my family at Christmas and, and making that. And that's, that's why I've made it. Um, I hope people like it and I hope they enjoy it and, and have other memories they create on their own, but that's, that's mine. And that's, I like sharing that. And I show, I love sharing the story when I can. That's a great story. Now I'm um, swinging over to the food side. You mentioned, you know, coming from a family that uh, ran Italian restaurants, how do you get to the point um, out of curiosity that you're having sushi making classes? That's probably yeah. probably the first brewery I've ever come across that's running that type of class. Yeah. So, I mean, the ethos of Second Self is really helping people go from that I have a dream to making it a reality. So we partner with a lot of chefs who are – they might be working at a restaurant and they want to start their own thing. So we, we want to help cultivate that and create a, a space where they can get out on their own. Um, we also do a lot of, uh, we do a lot of contract manufacturing for smaller, for our businesses too. So something that we, we got into more, um, during the pandemic, kind of keep the lights on, but I mean, we, we make products for coffee companies and, and tea companies and all sorts of people, um, helping them get their, their business off the ground. And I think it's important. Excellent. Nick, you said you had a question. Yeah, really quickly, going back to the to the mole porter, has any one of your uh, customers, your your visitors to your brewery, have they asked for spicy? Do they want that extra spice? And have you tried considering maybe adding some spice to it? Maybe you know, unlike Ken, who doesn't like any spicy food in general or spicy beer in general. Um, I think you, you hit, you hit something with him with the, with what I I've yet to have it today, but has, have you gotten any kind of feedback about, Hey, can you make a spicier version of this? Yeah, absolutely. And we have, um, you know, some mole sauce on its own is not a heat type sauce. So that's mm-hmm. why I wanted the base one to be mild, if you will. Um, we, we, make a, a version we call devil's mole, which is where I use chipotle chilies as well. And we, we definitely leave the seeds in there. So you're getting, uh, I love the element of smoke. I, I like adding it in beers a lot. And I think it adds a super, a great depth with the, the flavor profile of mole. And then the heat kind of comes there too. Um, we've, we've gotten super hot too. So we've, we've even made, uh, one year we made, we soaked chipotles. Uh, we made it a chipotle extract basically using tequila. So, Chipotle's tequila, um, and then put that into the beer. Um, it was so hot, we had to blend it uh, like three to one, like base mole to that um, to get it so people could drink eight ounces of it. Because <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was insanely hot. I'd be in for that one. <laughs> but but I say, I feel like that would be right up Dan's alley. Maybe yeah. me. I'm not so sure. I do like spicy, but I do have a threshold. Ken, on the other hand, no, shaking his head. <laughs> yeah, I, I love heat. I love smoke. Um, you know, Thai wheat is a beer that we've had a lot of variations. I mean, when, in the, when I was in the homebrewing side of it, we mm. so many variations of it. Sure. Um, I, I used to have bird's eye chilies in it as well because I thought it added a nice heat and some vegetal taste to it. Mm. But when, I, when we went to you know production and had to sell and distribution, that couldn't be 
like throwing bird's eye chilies and, and beers. So <laughs> really, really quickly, Wendy, do you like spicy food by any chance? I do to a degree. And okay. um, I sometimes I like spice and beer. Okay, It right, depends so... on the flavor involved with it, not just okay. the heat. Right. Maybe, maybe with chocolate, maybe it'll be. She, she's not in your head. Add yes. chocolate to anything, and I'm happy. So oh, okay, all right, there you go. All right. Uh, so let's get back to the brewery itself. Uh, before tonight's show, before we we got together, I saw the video that's on your on second uh, on second cell brewery uh, brewing's web, on your website, and you talked about the side hustle. Uh, has second self become the main focus and now other stuff has become the side hustle because I was arousing on your LinkedIn earlier today and you had another, there was a number of experiences that are still showing as present while still being owner of second self. So is second self taking the primary position and everything else has become the side hustle for you? Yeah, that's kind of the joke is, you know, that now that second self is my first self, what's my new second self? And and so I, I did start a, uh, a CBD hemp infused water company, uh, which I run. Um, and, you know, we, we are about to launch our, our spirits and canned cocktail lines um, in a little bit. We're waiting on our final license locally. So we're getting, getting into that game too, which uh, I'm super excited about. Right. So. Did, did you ever imagine that this, this side hustle going from a home brewer to now full-blown craft brewery in Atlanta, would this, did you ever think that it would be as big as it is? Or did you, uh, would you, did you always think it was good that this was going to be the side hustle? Uh, I mean, it was always the dream to have mm-hmm. it, have it happen. Uh, you know, I, I, I do say I'm lucky enough to, to be able to achieve that. Um, you know, it could definitely be bigger. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm not done. well well if it's if it's if if this thai uh wheat is any indication i i I hope you are not done because this is fabulous fabulous thank you so so that's that's still in the world of ipas taking over craft beer that is still our top seller it's really like everything we release nothing can can touch what thai wheat does yeah Uh, yeah, you know, I was thinking when, when I see when I saw the late when I saw the name Thai, I'm like, okay, is this going to be slightly spicy? But uh, you, you and I, we, we, you mentioned it before we started uh, going live that you, you kind of took the chili. There were some chilies in this, or there was some spice element to this at one point, and that kind of gotten removed. Um, yeah, I mean, at some point, Thai wheat was almost like a, gar- a kitchen sink. I mean, I had kaffir lime, I had coconut, I had uh, the, all the spices that are in there now. And you know, basically, it was just too much. It was so much that you couldn't really taste what was in there. Mm-hmm. And so that's when I, 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 that was my first lesson in simplification. So I uh, really like, started started over with the recipe mm-hmm. and only added the things that had to happen to create that flavor. Uh, and we used ginger, lemongrass, and galanga, um, also called Thai ginger. So it's really earthy ginger. It's actually, it's very spicy. Uh, we don't add a lot, but it, on its own, it's, it's got some heat. One more question before I turn it over to Wendy. Um, I was perusing through the the beers that are on sabbatical right now, and I saw that there was a one of the, the Vikings of the South is one of the that Dan mentioned earlier is one of those beers. A couple that I saw here had were were some uh, uh, homages to uh, a certain movie with a certain actor who rides around in an airplane. 
and yeah. uh, which, by the way, is a you know awesome se- series of movies. But then one really caught my attention. It's your New England double called Suffering Till Suffrage. Yeah. Talk to us a little bit about that one. What was the inspiration behind that one? And 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 why a, a New England double for that one? Yeah, so it was um, 2019, so 100 years uh, celebrating women's suffrage, the women's right to vote. So we wanted to celebrate that. Um, and so we worked with the, the local Pink Boots chapter here. And so we, we bought the Pink Boots. This first year they offered the Pink Boots blend of hops from Miyakaba. So we... we um, did some experimenting and, and just really wanted to showcase those hops. And so that's where the style came in uh, there. So we just really wanted to show, because it was uh, Sabco, Laurel, uh, a couple others, but it was, it was stone fruit, coconut. I just, just wanted to like explode your palate with it. And we worked with a, a local uh, female Puerto Rican artist who was just awesome with that. Um, and so the art's super great for that. Um, if you are on your phone or if you're near a computer, go check out secondselfbeer.com and check out the beer section. The artwork for that can looks pretty bomb. Um, it looks pretty darn good. So uh, yeah, I thank you. Check check it out, guys. And uh, who knows? Maybe, maybe, maybe hopefully, Jason, maybe will it come back? Maybe potentially. No, we want it to come back um, for sure. And okay. you know it. Um, Touching on art real quick, I mean, we were actually the official beer of the Museum of Design Atlanta because we've won more design awards for our labels than anyone else has in Georgia. Um, so I take that as a point of pride. Uh, okay. And we only, only work with local artists um, to do all of our art. So. Right on. All right. Wendy, I'll turn it over to you. Well, I think it's interesting that you just said that because I was about to say, well, I don't know. All of the cans that I have here are pretty awesome in their artwork. Um, I'm actually very curious about this Alvalorio, um, where that came from, because I do, I'm very interested in the artwork that's on here. Uh, that's probably my favorite art story of any beer we've ever done. So Alvalorio uh, is, is, means the wake. Um, in Latin culture, when someone passes, uh, you basically just throw a giant party and celebrate that person's life uh, called Alvalorio. And in, in Puerto Rico culture, um, so my family was cute. They lived in they, from Cuba. They lived in Puerto Rico and they came to the U S so I, I have ties kind of everywhere. Um, and, and both cultures, Cuba and Puerto Rico, you, you have like a hot chocolate coffee drink at these. Um, cause we put coffee in everything. Um, but so we made that beer, um, just to showcase the, the journey the Island went through with Maria. So all of our, most of our art has a vertical split. It's the two selves, as we call it. So the left half of that can is in black and white, showing how the island was decimated and, and people were struggling. And then the right half is how it came back. Um, so super fitting this week with, with the uh, hurricane that came through in the power edge in, in Puerto Rico. So we've uh, when Maria happened, we actually sent a bunch of uh, – we canned a bunch of water and sent it down. We're going to do it again for, for this recent one. Um, Puerto Rico is actually our largest distribution market. Um, so, and it's that beer that, that caused that to happen because we wanted to tell that story here because it was a story that wasn't told much. And so we wanted to give that voice and, uh, and the, and the beer is based on that drink. So it's, uh, we, we were using Puerto Rican chocolate. Um, the Puerto Rican coffee was actually all destroyed in Maria, but we got some, uh, from a very small producer and I worked with a, a local roaster to recreate that flavor profile. 
And so we use that in the coffee, in the beer. It's a very so it's a delicious. Long, yeah, thank you very much. It's and super tasty, but it, I, it's just a very, I don't know, very, there's a passion project. It's an important story. Too. Yeah, it's a very important story. So. I definitely appreciate that. So um, in that story, you talked about the twos. So tell us the significance of the twos at your brewery. Yeah, so there's you know, second self, two twos. Our logo is two twos uh, to make an S. Um, it's two of us that founded it. Chris is my business partner. Um, you know, I, there's lots of second self analogies out there, you know, like the second self is your best friend. You know, it's just, I think there's, it's a yin and yang. There's a balance to everything. And it, it kind of, that goes to the beer as well. I don't like, I personally don't want things to be too cloyingly sweet or too hot or too anything. I want you to be able to have one or have two or have six and, and enjoy them and have, and, and when you do notice new things as you try different things. So. So um, I am an avid beer traveler and Atlanta is one of my favorite beer scenes. Um, I've never actually been able to go to your brewery, which I find really weird, but I have had friends that have sent me your beer and it's, it's amazing. I really do like it, but I want to know if I am coming to your brewery or why should I come to your brewery and why should I bring my friends? Yeah. I, number one and everything we do is, is customer service. To be honest with you, I, we, our tasting manager, Carly is, is awesome. And she has set up, I think the best experience of any brewery there. Like we're super friendly. We want, if it's the first time there or your hundredth time there, we want it to be a, a great experience. You know, we, have lots of interesting beers so we have 20 taps so we'll have typically we have one cider two hard seltzers and the rest are going to be beers we'll be adding four four more lines for for liquor as well so tasting wise it's a fun experience we have a pretty big space which is fun and then we actually recently partnered with a new company called big hoops so I'm i'm a georgia tech grad and the guys who started this are also from the same college and it's it's uh, a, <laughs> the best way to describe it, and I hate doing this, but is that like the top golf of basketball? It's a technology um, embedded half court that the the goal moves and turns, and you can get it's completely gamified and super fun. But yeah, that, that, that's on its own. But we also do a ton of events, like like Dan mentioned. We work with a lot of chefs to do classes. We do yoga. We do fitness classes. We do comedy nights. We do trivia. So I mean, it's always like every night we always try to do something a little different um, and make it a fun, relaxed experience for anyone. So that kind of leads me to my next question because Atlanta is known for their food. Um, and I know that you have a food background. So uh, what is the food like when we go to your brewery? So we don't have a full kitchen. So we partner with um, a couple different local restaurants. So there's, um, we have a selection of burritos, which I, they change every week. So it, it, you'll, ever, you'll get something new every time. And then we, we have a lot of local snacks, um, yeah, like pretzels. I got some charcuterie from a local butcher. And uh, we always have some interesting things. But we, we're also, we let people bring in outside food too. Because there's, um, you know, when we launched, when we opened there, there wasn't really a lot of places you can get takeout, but now there's so many great options. You know, I, I don't want to really compete with our, our friends and customers, to be honest with you, because uh, there's so many great things around us. And I'm also a believer in, in just being a specialist in something. So I can make beer really, really good. 
um, there's not a lot of breweries I've been to that have really, really good food and really, really good beer. Um, so I'm going to let the pros do the, the food and I'll just focus on beer. All right. That makes sense. So uh, tell us a little bit about the distilling program that you want to implement. Yeah. So kind of an evolution of what we do, the, the, the side project, it's been called third self just to, as a, as a, a <laughs> code name, because uh, we, we think we're pretty punny. Um, yeah. So this is something that yeah we definitely haven't been doing experiments on, um, but you know, we'll, we'll be doing um, some of the first products we'll be launching is a Thai weeded vodka. So we're using, we're making a, a wheat vodka and using the, the Thai spices in there. Um, and then I have a series of gins that we'll be launching as well. And then on the cocktail side, the canned cocktail sides, we're doing um, seasonal kind of spritzers. So it'll be vodka, um, natural flavoring, little, uh, just enough sweetness to kind of balance it, and soda water. So looking at like a um, probably around 6.5% alcohol um, is what we're shooting for. We haven't been able to do full R and D cause we don't have our licensing yet. So that's kind of the plan though. And then the kind of a seasonal rotation of flavors. So I see too, that you guys are involved in a lot of different festivals in Atlanta. What is it that makes you um, want to, what, is it just marketing or do you just like being out there with the people? Uh, all of the above. I mean, you know, it's, it's a great way for people to, you know, see us who might not see us in the grocery store. Um, cause you know, the only beer you can get, of ours in the grocery store is Thai wheat. So the other, all the other ones are, you have to go to a specialty kind of craft beer place. So it's a great place, a great way to show off these other beers. And, and we get a lot of customers that way and just love meeting new people. Yeah. It's always fun to show off and tell the story. What's the favorite festival that you guys are a part of? The I'll say the one I'm looking forward to the most. And it's, it's, it's the first year is there's the first fresh hop festival we've ever had in Georgia. And that's going to be October 22nd at Wrecking Bar. So we just made a oh, fresh hop table beer. Um, it's almost done, but it's three and a half percent. It's fresh hop, so it's a little vegetal. Um, it's it's really interesting. I've never had anything like it before. It's fun. That's uh, Austin's our head brewer. So he took full reign on that one. So that, that's his little baby. So um, do you do a lot of collaborations? We do. Yeah. So, um, we, we work with, like, so Ovalora was a collaboration with a Puerto Rican restaurant, actually. Um, uh, my abuelas in Atlanta, they no longer exist, but at the time they're, they're, they're there. Um, but that we love doing that. We, we recently did a collaboration with the bottle share, which is a nonprofit that helps people in the beer industry in time of need. So if, um, they lose a job or if they take time off and can't get money for some reason, they help, fund that kind of emergency fund and that was a beer called totally tubular um it was a sour ipa and then we uh, today actually we did a collaboration with uh up and coming brewery or haven't started yet brewery called hip-hop heads um so we made a, a west coast ipa with them today actually that's fun is there a brewery that you would like to do a collaboration with that you haven't been able to yet uh, there's, uh, you know, thousands of breweries I'd love to collaborate with. I mean, my, my hero brewery is uh, in America, I guess, is Allagash. I go there every every summer because I have my in-laws are in Maine, and I just love everything they do. Um, <laughs> so if they're listening, 
I'm, I'm available. <laughs> but yeah, our, our neighbors are Monday night. They're great to work with. And like, it's, it's a small but growing beer community here in Atlanta. For a second, Is I thought there... you were saying Allagash was a small brewery. I'm like, <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Not at all. Not at all. I'm like, we have different, different definitions of small. Yeah. No. People do kind of laugh when they, when I will mention the, the brewing scene in Atlanta because I just, I've been and I've had, I liked it so much I went back very shortly. So I can't wait to come and visit your brewery as well. No, please let me know when you do. So, um, what is it about the Atlanta beer scene that you think that makes people want to come there? Um, it's, it's, it's unique. It's, it's growing really fast, which I think is really interesting. So when we launched second self, we're the 42nd brewery and now there's like 150 breweries around here. So there's a lot of interesting things and it's, um, what, what I love is that the a lot of the newer ones are really picking some interesting specialties and just focusing on that. I think that's what's really cool. And, you know, I was a firm believer then and still am now is that, you know, the, the restaurant industry in Atlanta is one of the best in the country, I will say. And, and that influences beer so much, you know? And so when you, when you have that, that, um, those you know, younger excited chefs who are creating new things, there's also people in the kitchen who are interested in beer and those are ones who've started breweries. Um, so it, it just creativity creates more creativity. So. It actually leads me to another question because um, I read an article that you, um, where you talked about beer and food pairings. What is one of your favorite beer and food pairings? So there's, there's two main philosophies for beer and food pairings. Um, there's the, uh, finding something similar, which is what most people do. Um, you know, so like, um, blue cheese, uh, so like a, like a, uh, sorry, not blue cheese, but like ovalorio and a coffee cake. So, or you got like a, you got coffee on coffee. It's a super easy pairing. It's going to be a home run, but what I love is contrast pairings. So finding something that is very different, but together is better. So something like a blue cheese and a stout, that's what I was going to say. Um, so you have like super funky, weird, sharp, but then you have the sweetness that that balances that out with the beer, and uh, I think that's that, that's the most fun pairings I like. It's, it's, it, it makes it challenges the the consumer as well. It's like, well, this is something interesting um, and different. So, do you guys do events like that at your brewery? We have for sure um, because we don't have a kitchen. We're limited in what we can do, but uh, we've done you know cheese pairings, donut pairings. Uh, charcuterie pairings, um, brownie pairings. Uh, we've done a lot of interesting things. Uh, Pre-pandemic, we were doing one a month um, from from different people. So it's um, these classes that we're, we've added those back. Those are kind of the first thing. And now we'll be doing our, our pairing starting soon. That's awesome. I really do want to come visit. Ken, I heard yeah. you had some stuff. I guess I had some stuff. Uh <laughs> Did did we touch on? I don't think we did. Uh, Rudy's hard seltzer. No, we didn't talk about it. Um, yeah, so Rudy is actually my my Cuban grandfather's nickname. So I wanted to, he's the one who kind of got me into making beer and like sodas. He used to make his own ginger beer. So when when we 
got into the hard seltzer game, which we kind of dabbled. We've only dabbled our toes in. We didn't really go that deep into it. Um, I wanted to pay an homage to, to him. So, but those are, those are fun because I wanted to, you know, use two different ingredients to make a new foot, kind of a new flavor. So it's all of them kind of have two sides to them. So like we have a ginger turmeric, uh, blue raspberry and uh, cucumber basil. But in the, in the tasting room, I actually make a, we make a bunch of uh, tenatures or syrups and so you can kind of, and those rotate. So you can, we call it build your own seltzer. So if you want to come and try it, you can kind of say, I want this or this or a combination or let the bartenders choose or whatever. Is, is that you like, like a, a base, a base hard seltzer without yeah. any flavoring? And then you're kind of building it yourself. Correct. Yeah. Uh, and that'll actually be replaced with, um, um, liquor or seltzer instead. Eventually. It'll be replaced with what? I'm sorry. Uh, a liquor-based uh, liquor. seltzer. Okay. Um, yeah, so what, once, once we have that permit, well, the, the, the flavorless seltzer will go away and we'll be using a uh, liquor-based seltzer. What is a liquor-based seltzer? Like, what is the comparison? Oh, so like, like um, vodka and soda oh, okay. versus a hard seltzer. Got it, got it. Um, you also do uh, CBD uh, beverages as well, correct? Yeah, we do. So I have uh, Cirrus, which is a... Uh, CBD infused water company, and then um, another company called Real Good Tea. I did the formulations for them, which is a um, CBD and adaptogen tea. Why did you want to get into making CBD products? The it's um, a couple of different things. It was uh, my um, um, <laughs> going back to 2018. I was working on hard seltzers because I thought they'd be the next big thing and they became the next big thing. So then I was like, well, what is the next, next big thing? And that's when I thought it would be CBD or cannabis infused drinks. And Cirrus was the, one of the first 10 CBD infused drink companies in the country. Um, so we were like super ahead of the game. Um, and you know, it's George is a pretty conservative state. So it was kind of interesting watching that product at that time. Um, but it, it's, you know, it's, it's also, uh, it was something that <laughs> I, I was using CBD to help me sleep because as a business owner, I was like waking up and uh, not sleeping. So it's like, oh, this, this is providing benefit for me. Let's, let's make an alternative to alcohol that can provide benefits to people. And so that's where, that's where that was born. Now, we, we hit, touched on hard seltzer and liquor seltzer and CBD, but the one thing that I'm not necessarily seeing, and I could be missing it, is N.A. beer. Um, with the boost that is athletic, we just had on our uh, most recent interview with Harpoon, they just launched their first N.A. hazy beer. Um, are you guys going to be making or contracting any N.A. beer in the near future, or do you think um, you already have your hand in eight different other pots? we certainly have our hands in a lot of pots but um i uh it's it's funny it was something that i proposed to our our investor board three years ago because i thought that would be something that would become huge Um, because it's a substantial monetary investment for that equipment to make good in a beer um we'd like to get there we don't we don't have the the capital to do that right now but um you know i i think a an alcohol-free Taiwi would do very well, personally. Would it be easy enough to – do you have any NA brewers out in 
uh, Atlanta or the Georgia area that you could potentially collaborate with to make a NA tie? Yeah, um, we it's it's funny. I, I, I we do. I reached out to them, and then uh, they actually we we bid to become their contract manufacturer. We did not make did not get the bid, so we will be working with them to to do that in the future. But it'll be um, probably a, a year before we can get that done. All right. There's only one. There's only one in Georgia right now. You know, I think what you need to do is you need to take the. Uh, um, the success of Athletic put together a nice binder for your investors and say this could have been you. Um, That's, I, I have said that. <laughs> for sure. Before we get into the final questions, there is one more thing that I noticed within your, your website, uh, and that is that all of your beer is 100% vegan. Was that by uh, choice, or was that something that um, you wanted to do specifically? Uh, yeah, I mean, both. So it was uh, our, our head brewer, Austin, is vegan. So, I mean, it was, it was kind of important to him. Um, also, we, we have an anti-lactose stance at our brewery. Um, we don't like sweet beers. If we do, we do other, you know, we'll use maltodextrin or something like that to create some sweetness. Or what I like to do really is use fruits. Um, so the, the lemon pepper wet, one of the samples I gave you was um, – a ton of lemon and, and pineapple juice, so it's very sweet. Um, but one of the unique things about us, because we do all this NA stuff, is that we have a pasteurizer, so we're able to um, add juice and then pasteurize it so it remains sweet, but it's shelf-stable, so it won't explode when you don't leave it in your fridge. So You know, I never thought in 2020 being uh, shelf-stable is a uh, something positive you have to promote, that you're, uh, you're okay on the shelf. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, there's there's plenty of people I know who've had beer explode in their car. So oh, I I have heard plenty of stories. From, <laughs> yeah, there's some hands raised. Yeah, <laughs> yeah plenty of stories from our uh, not brewery fans, um, beer store friends, uh, talking about you know stuff exploding in their um, in their refrigerator or on their shelf or something like that. And I'm like, that's just crazy. But uh, yeah. that is the show. Before we end the show, we always ask one final question and then give you the opportunity to uh, uh, help everyone understand where they can find you both online and in person. Uh, starting with Dan. Dan, what is your final question here for Mr. Second Self? All right. What is one style of beer that you have yet to make at the brewery that you want to make? That's a hard one because we've, we've made over 350 different beers. Um, um, I'll, I'll, because a, a, a Lambic or a Goza, a Goza, I would absolutely love to do that. Uh, spontaneous fermentation. We've not done that at all. Um, I would love to do that and and do it well. That's the more important part of that. <laughs> In case you were wondering, Dan, he did make a alt beer earlier this year. So, oh, I I already knew that. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nick, what's your final question? Uh, what are you drinking this weekend that isn't second self? Well, tomorrow is is Wanza Day, which is uh, so Wanza Day is for no Cantillon, which is a spontaneous. Um, fermentation brewery in Brussels. Once a year, they let their <laughs> brewmaster make whatever they want. Uh, Zwanza means to goof off. So uh, around the world, um, everyone taps the beer at the same time, Brussels time. So we have two, we're lucky enough to have two Zwanza bars here in Atlanta. So I have tickets to that tomorrow. So I'll be drinking some Zwanza and as well as 
some, I assume, other great Belgian beers at uh, Brickstore Pub here in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. I was going to ask you about that. But my final question <laughs> is, I am coming to visit your brewery this weekend. What is the one beer I need to try? Uh, casual situation. I just tapped it. It is a, a, a Brett uh, and lacto co-fermented Thai, Thai wheat variant. So it's super interesting because you're getting all that kind of like hay and funk of bread, a little tartness with mixed with the ginger and lemongrass. We just have that one today. It's delicious. Awesome. All right. Well, uh, Georgia Tech's got a uh, massive challenge tomorrow. For those of you who are uh, listening to the show, obviously the if you're listening live, you're going to hear the the correct their his response. Uh, but you will already know the results by the time the show gets posted. But they are facing the University of Central Florida Knights. Uh, your one and two Yellow Jackets are they going to win tomorrow? Uh, I sure hope so, but I don't have high hopes. <laughs> <laughs> give, give me a score prediction. Oh, I'll say uh, I'll just say thirteen twenty one. I'll play conservative. All right, you heard it here. Go make your bets. DraftKings, FanDuel. <laughs> uh, you're getting the Yellow Jackets plus eight or minus eight, I should say. That's going to do it better on Draft Podcast. My name is Ken. For my co-host, Dan, Nick, and Wendy, thank you so much for joining us. Rob, we miss you. We know you're over at a trivia convention over in D.C., so we hope you're safe and having fun. Um, Second Self, where can they find you online, and where can they find you in Atlanta? Yeah, so online you can find us uh, secondselfbeer.com. That's S-E-C-O-N-D-S-E-L-F-B-E-E-R. Um, you can find us on Instagram at Second Self Beer and Twitter and Untapped and on Facebook or Second Self ATL since you can't use the word beer. Um, in Atlanta, you can find us at thirteen eleven or thirteen seventeen Logan Circle, Northwest Atlanta, Georgia, West Midtown location. We are the hearts of the Brewery Central, um, actually the newly formed Atlanta Beer District, um, starting this month. Well, that's going to do it. Better on Draft, you can find us Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Better on Draft, as well as you can friend us. Find out what we were drinking on the show by friending us on Untapped Bot or Better on Draft. We got that changed. Uh, you can watch us live Friday, 7 p.m. Eastern. Join us, ask questions. That is going to do it. We appreciate you joining us. No matter what you think of your beer, we think it's Better on Draft. Have a good night. Peace.